Hi everyone, here's what's bothering me today. Everything, literally everything is bothering me today. I have lost count of how many different things were bothering me over the course of this week. So we're just gonna go through the list of all the things I bookmarked and saved. I am not going to be able to fit nearly everything I wanna talk about into the title and that bothers me. Welcome to the Sunday Sum Up everyone. It's just been that kind of week. So to start with, let's just get a few things out of the way. Remember that Unilad video about the, oh, look at this new technology and it's just a glorified water wheel? Yeah, that was annoying to me. And another thing that just annoyed me just off the cusp was this post that I saw on the BreadTube subreddit. The dairy industry is now claiming that because cows eat plants, their milk is plant-based. <sighs> this reminds me of, you know, those other things that you see in the supermarket. And I remember seeing them overseas a bunch too, where it's, yeah, look, this product comes without gluten. And it's like, yeah, I would hope that my can of diced tomatoes doesn't have gluten in it. It's just so absurd. And it just shows that the only innovation capitalism can come up with is branding and advertising. And that is slowly ruining everything. Next up, because, you know, we haven't talked about it in a while, Portland. Far-right extremist groups and anti-fascists battled on the streets of Portland for over an hour. And of course, the cops did nothing, which again reminds us of A, cops are useless, defund them already, and B, you need to form your own protection. But easily the most egregious part was this. That's a dude with an assault rifle patrolling Portland for over an hour, no police intervention. He even pointed it at people. Police are super necessary in keeping people safe. And if you're ever wondering who the police actually protect, they literally tell on themselves on Twitter. Would you rather the rubber bullets? You children have been playing in the streets for too long. Nice to see the tide turn. The police are not there for you. Like they just admit they're on the side of the fascists. Like, hello? And this is like, what, we're four or five stories in? We're just getting started, y'all. Phoenix police chief suspended after a report found no basis for gang charges against protesters. Now, before we're getting too excited, she was suspended for one day. But in any case, Phoenix police chief Jerry Williams was given a one-day suspension after lawyers hired by the city issued a report that heavily criticized her agency's role in a now-discredited gang case against demonstrators last fall at a protest against police brutality. That reminds me of the whole Detroit Will Breathe situation where they said, hey, police are kind of bad and uh, we're going to sue them to bar them from the use of excessive force and the city sued them for civil conspiracy. But again, I'll take some good news where I can find it, right? The report released Thursday said the decision to charge 15 protesters with assisting a street gang was made without seeking input from Phoenix Police's Gang Enforcement Unit. It also said the agency didn't have credible evidence to support the claim that the protesters were a member of an anti-police gang called ACAB. So apparently, if we say ACAB, we're all part of a gang. Welcome to the ACAB gang, everybody. Your gang initiation is to defund the police. And since we still aren't nowhere near done, let's talk about some political corruption, shall we? Rand Paul's wife bought stock in a company that makes a drug used to treat COVID-19 before the coronavirus threat was widely understood. The month prior, the Senate Health Committee, of which Paul is a member, hosted a private briefing on COVID. Yeah, so this is why congresspeople should not be able to buy or trade in stocks. And also, holy crap, the bald-faced corruption. Hey, honey, I just found out about, you know, some stuff about this new virus that's coming out. Here's how we can make money. 
And we know other senators have done this too. Back in 2020, there was that other asshole from somewhere in the South who did this. And unfortunately, speaking of the coronavirus, guess we got to talk about that a little bit more because, God, this thing just isn't going away. Thank you, capitalism and selfish bastards. We are so tired. Our hospital admins are silently expecting us to push forward in rapidly deteriorating conditions. Instead of retaining core staff the last 18 months, they pushed us away. Our COVID census has now surpassed the peak in 2020 with the skeleton of the workforce we had. Nurses are being pushed to the absolute brink and no one, not even the Democrats in charge who, you know, supposedly were going to do a better job, haven't done nearly enough of what needs to be done. Children are being hospitalized. ICUs are overflowing. Healthcare workers are being pushed beyond their breaking point. But because there's a Democrat in office, there's only a fraction of the outrage as there was before. Something's got to give. Yeah, why isn't there more media outrage at Biden and at the continued COVID crisis that is unfolding across America? Like I pointed out, kids are being hospitalized. ICUs are overflowing. Why won't they criticize Biden and the whole system? Oh, right, because they're their donors and we live in a capitalist hellscape and they have to pay. Right, right. Sorry, I forgot about that. Capitalism is literally killing Americans and children and the media isn't doing their job and people aren't being nearly as pissed off as they should be. And speaking of Biden and the White House, literally the day after the IPCC report was released that basically gave the world the do or die code red warning oil drops pressured by report the white house will ask opec to boost production we are so fucked and again in terms of yet another climate crisis scientists spot warning signs of gulf stream collapse so the gulf stream is basically a system to broadly oversimplify heavy dense super salty seawater from the arctic sinks to the bottom and goes over the Labrador shelf in the North Atlantic, which allows for currents to form that pull warm water from the Southeastern United States and the Gulf up to the North. And this is what provides the very temperate climate in Europe. It relies on that super cold, dense seawater from the Arctic sinking and pulling this giant, basically natural current through all the way to, you know, Iceland, Norway, the British Isles, France, etc. Warming Arctic temperatures and the glacial melt of fresh water reduces the salinity and also the temperature of this water, which means it doesn't pull as much water and as quickly to the continent, which results in greater climate change. The currents are already at their slowest point in at least 1,600 years, and they may be nearing a complete and total shutdown. Now, if that happens and there's the lack of the circulating current, that means a massive shift towards colder weather for much of Europe. This is why, again, climate change is not a universal thing where everything heats up or gets colder or hotter. Like, it changes climate. Like, ah, I'm so tired of explaining all this to people. To give you an idea, according to the article, such an event would have catastrophic consequences around the world, severely disrupting the rains that billions of people depend on for food in India, South America, and West Africa, increasing storms and lowering temperatures in Europe, and pushing up the sea level off eastern North America. It would also further endanger the Amazon rainforest and Antarctic ice sheets. This giant current is basically what many parts of the world rely on for a variety of different things. And if this thing shuts down, which again, it might, that affects so many people in so many continents. 
And yet again, there's Biden the day after the dire warning the world got. Yeah, we need you to boost oil production. Can we please just have a revolution already? Electoral politics isn't going to fix all that needs to be fixed in like 10 years. So again, let's continue with the international news because again, we're not done here. That is a massive traffic jam in Kabul, Afghanistan. People rushing to the airport or just out of town to try and flee across the border based on reports that the Taliban have entered the city. And some reports from Al Arabiya are saying that the Taliban might even just form a new interim government and there's talks with them to do that. President Ashraf Ghani has already left the country, allegedly, into Tajikistan. People said 90 days. Some people said 30. It's been six. I have an Afghanistan video kind of in the pipe and I waver on whether to add some more to it or just not do it at all because I don't just want to be again that foreigner saying we kind of saw the writing on the wall as early as 2000 and like 10. But I just really feel for all the people in Afghanistan who didn't want the Taliban. You see that so clearly here. We've seen it with interviews with activists in other towns and cities across the country where they're just having to come to terms with the fact that they or their families or their colleagues might be killed. Their schools might be burned, closed, bombed. It is just so unfortunate. And we're abandoning these people who we promised to help and who also helped us. And racists abound everywhere saying, well, no, you know, we shouldn't take in a single Afghan refugee. Thousands of Afghans helped either try and find bin Laden. They wanted to improve their local station and the situations for their families and their local towns and villages. This is such a complex issue. And so I can't sum it up here. I can't even sum it up in its own video. And I'm just so exasperated by it all. My heart just goes out to the Afghan people who not only had to deal with Western bullshit for two decades and indiscriminate bombing campaigns and suicide bombings from the Taliban and retributions and reprisals. And it has been such a tumultuous and bloody time for them. And yet it's so clear that that time is nowhere near over. I'll see if I can find a thread that I saw on Twitter about a woman and an activist who's talking very frankly about what people can do to help the people of Afghanistan. She lists a whole bunch of great ideas. So I'm going to try and find that and put it down below so that some people can have hope and also help people who are going to be in dire need of it. And now, because it wouldn't be a Sunday sum up without talking at least a little bit about the crap that goes on here in Canada, it's Sunday. So we're all eagerly awaiting election news, which means, oh God, I got to finish working on that liberal dunking video. But we can do a little bit of that now. Again, the day of the IPCC's climate change report, Justin Trudeau had this to say. Climate change is real and it's affecting every region on Earth. Canada is warming at nearly twice the global rate, with some regions out west and up north warming even faster. We cannot deny this or delay action. Today's report from the IPCC makes that clearer than ever. Dude, you bought a pipeline and you campaigned and fought hard for two more. 
You also have done next to nothing on the climate portfolio. Your own minister of the environment didn't believe that the heat dome was part of climate change. Various members of your cabinet got together with oil industry executives to form a secretive cabal to guide the post-pandemic economic recovery. And to quote this National Observer article, at a time when climate science demands a rapid transition off fossil fuels, Ottawa approved more than $1.3 billion for oil and gas companies through the Canada Emergency Wage Subsidy. So yeah, on top of all that nonsense, you gave the oil and gas sector $1.3 billion in taxpayer money. You absolute utter fucking ghoul. How dare you take a knee at climate protests and have the audacity to talk about, oh, we need to do stuff. Well, then actually do stuff. You're the prime minister. You're the guy in charge. Instead, you're trying a power grab election rather than working with other parties who would happily support real environmental policy. The NDP would back it. The Green Party would back it. This is so fucking disingenuous. This and many more reasons, which I will get to in that video, is why you do not deserve any form of government, let alone a majority. And another point against Justin Trudeau and the Liberal government, Canada flouting international law by continuing Saudi arms sales, report says. Justin Trudeau's progressive and we totally love peacekeeping and we're against violence liberal government is openly flouting international law by continuing to sell arms to the Saudi regime. Yeah, we're super progressive. And that's all the stories, folks. That is this hellish week from across the world, dealing with the pandemic and climate change and corruption and fascism. And I don't know, like I said, I've lost count. And these are just the things that I came across. Imagine how much stuff happened that I didn't know about, that you didn't learn about. There's so much of that out there, and yet there was all this stuff that I could make and cobble together this video from. Outside of the regular videos that I made throughout the week, that's how much terribleness is out in the world. But before we get too doomer, this is all fixable. We can fix the climate, we just need urgent action now. Desperate times call for desperate measures. We here in Canada have an opportunity now to actually hold our government to account based on all its broken promises and its lies and its misleading statements and directives. We can stand in solidarity with other progressives and activists from around the world and help the people of Afghanistan. We can pressure governments and businesses. We know where their offices are. Half of us work for them. We've seen openly that the police won't actually protect us and the people we care about, so we need to figure out ways of doing that on our own. If our people in positions of power and government won't hold people accountable, then it's up to the people and our communities to do so in the wake of that total failure and rejection of responsibility. We can do good, meaningful things. We still have time, but we have to be brave enough to act. We've seen good that can happen. Like I talked about with Detroit Will Breathe or with various other activist movements, there are plenty of wonderful non-violent direct action ways that we can help our communities and other people overseas. The end is not yet here and we can avert it if we actually just try. But I know it feels so daunting. Case in point, all these stories that I just talked about today, it's sort of that, you know, where to start, right? 
Which problem do we tackle? Or is there a problem we can tackle that tackles several of these other problems together? These are all things that, you know, I understand. It makes us hesitate. And it's just so overwhelming when you look at everything that needs to be done. And I think that's what's bothering me today.